how many uh, how many um, language can you count in seven in? I I know one, two, three, four, five, six, and I know the Norwegian one one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then I know this one Gapko, Nunes, Gap, Gapko. I can't say Gapko. <laughs> Salah, Nunes, Salah, Bobby. That's the English counting to seven, guys. <laughs> uh, more like Liverpool uh, counting to seven, I think. Yeah. The Scouse. Scouse seven. Yeah. Scouse seven. So there you go. Um, we are here today with uh, the one and only David Fairclough. How are you doing? Very well, Ragnall. Thank you very much. How are you feeling after that incredible night at Anfield? I enjoyed it very much. Obviously, like everybody, the spirit around uh, Anfield after the game was was fantastic. It's nice to see so many happy, smiling faces. Um, and the mood around the city was has been different since uh, I've been out even this morning. And um, Liverpool fans are still smiling for the moment. At the end of the day, though, you have to remember it is only a game. I mean, OK, we have beaten... Probably uh, our biggest rival, and uh, and they'd be really, uh, they would be mocking us if uh, if the same had happened in reverse. Not that it ever will do, but um, <laughs> yeah, fantastic day. I'm just thinking, you know, last season we had that four nil hammering game, uh, and then we had had them five nil away, and now this, you know, and they must be hating Mo Salah. I mean, no Liverpool player in history. Darren has has scored more um, against Manchester United. Twelve goals in twelve matches, six consecutive yeah. games, and beating Liverpool's um, goal scoring record in Premier League, Robbie Fowler's record against Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, they can't be liking no. Mo Salah much. I've seen there. a funny thing that said he's actually had more yellow cards than they've scored goals at Anfield for celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. Every time he takes his shirt, if he gets booked, doesn't they haven't scored? <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. So, uh, Darren is um, a beer lover who's going to uh, share some insight on what's going on in the city in terms of, of craft beer, which is exciting. Darren Gilligan, you have been serving us some lovely German beer in Hotel Tia and we're loving it. I have indeed. Max Arena, the uh, UK distributor for it with Black Beetle drinks and I'd like to think that your customers really enjoy it. They do and it's quite strong so they get very happy very yeah, quickly. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a 5.2% slosh gold, so it has got a bit of a kick. Yeah, puts a smile on a few people's faces, yeah, before and after the game. We are obviously going to talk loads and loads about the Manchester United game and a certain game coming up next week, which is uh, nerve-wracking, uh, the Champions League game. But before we do that, let's go Let's go into the, the beer uh, industry, because right now in, in um, the Baltic Triangle, we used to have a huge brewery. Yeah. Cairns Brewery. Yes. That's just gone and it's filled with lots of fun stuff. Well, the Cairns Brewery actually made a comeback. Um, so they have started brewing it again and you mm. will find it around uh, a number of venues in the city centre along with another um, Liverpool brewery, which David probably remembers, Higson's. So uh, they're back on the scene as well. So a couple of breweries have got together, brought the recipes back to life and now the, the, the beers are readily available as, as they should in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because beer is definitely going through a renaissance, if we can say that. You know, 
microbreweries, little sort of quirky labels. Yeah. It's like a big thing now, isn't it, worldwide? Yeah, it's huge. Craft beer market scenes, God, it's 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 amazing. And it's you've got so much range, it's for everyone. Like for what you might like, what David might like, I mightn't like, and that's the joy of beer, isn't it? Everyone's taste buds are the difference. And you've got a vast range of hops from all over the world that can be blended with different... Um, yeah, different hops together and create collaborations. But what is the scene like in Liverpool now? Because Liverpool has taken to craft beer like anything, haven't they? Yeah, it's 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 amazing at the moment. That's why we're brewery bus tours. I'm, I'm shouting about it, and we should be so vocal about our local breweries. From there's twelve local breweries from probably about a five mile radius from Hotel Tier. Wow. And the quality of the beers, and they're all at different levels. You've got a family-owned brewery which the mum, the dad, the cousin, the brother all work there, which is Top Rope, which is, which is not far from there, and their beers are exceptional. Then you come round and you've got Asvec Brewery, which is not far from Costco and Carnival. And then you go into the city centre where you've got Love Lane, uh, Canes, and then on the suburbs you've got the Handyman as well. So they're all doing these different collaborations. They're all making their own brews. And yeah, it's, it's an amazing town. So if you're into craft beer in the city. Has this happened recently or is this like a result of COVID or is this more like a 10-year sort of journey? Um, I think the way the craft beer scene's going, it's been getting bigger and bigger. I think if you look at the gin scene in the last five years, the way it's boomed, the craft beer scene's always been there and getting bigger and better. And I just think the exposure of it and how readily available is through wholesalers and just wonderful beers. It's amazing. The UK itself has got some of the amazing breweries, and it's the, only have to see that with the craft beer shows that go on around the city as well, where you can try all these. And it's so exciting because now you've bought a bus and you've set up these tours. Yes. And tell us what do what do we do on these tours? Um, well, you drink, we drive, basically. <laughs> Thank goodness it's not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, if you've got some uh, some guests over from Norway, we'll come and pick them up on our brewery bus and our premium bus, and then we'll take you on a journey around Liverpool. So we'll start off in uh, one of the northern breweries and then work our way through over a four-hour period, and you'll get to go to five breweries, all different shapes and sizes, all doing different amazing brews. And then in each brewery, you'll get a 10-minute talk behind the scenes of from the brewmasters to the cellar kits, and then you get to try all their wonderful beers, which is the uh, some of the best bits. It's not all about the beer though, because on one of the last stops, we do feed you as well, where to soak up all that beer as well with the uh, with some delicious foods as well. All right. So we are we are drink conscious, yeah. And and this has just been going for a few weeks, and how has it been received so far? Um, eight weeks today, I've actually launched it, and it's um, it's been very well received. To be honest, I've had a lot of corporate bookings on it. We had our first international guests two weeks back when we had some Norwegians on the tour, and that went down really well. But it's it's gone really well, and then throughout the summer we've got uh, more international guests on there, and. Yeah, we've got stags, hens, case it for anyone, but really, we've got a Bertie party on it at 50th in a couple of weeks. So if you love beer, why not go on the tour? Yeah. And you also get an insight into Liverpool's 150 brewed history. And we also take you on to see the sites around town as well. Each tour is bespoke as well to the clients and the customer. I like how you always um, work with local businesses because you were one of the uh, faces behind Liverpool Gin before you, you took on this new journey. Why is it so important for you to 
celebrate and, and lift all these local businesses in town? Um, I just think you look, you look at the corporate giants and the money they throw around into the city and the beers aren't as good as local beers, to be honest. We should be supporting local businesses, which is local produce, local jobs, and just keep them, keeping it going in the own city. Our, our local produce and local beers are probably the best in the UK. And the craft beer scene that's happening in Liverpool, you can see why some big boys like Aztecs, for example, have decided to set up in Liverpool because the brewing is, is, yeah, it's brilliant. David, have you had your share uh, of, of beer over the years? <laughs> once, once upon a time, I think, obviously, <laughs> I played in the, uh, in the age where players drank a lot more than they do these days. Um, beer was the... Uh, the, the usual fare after after a game. A lot of the lads were uh, very much into drinking pints and pints of lager. Uh, I actually lived in Belgium which uh, for three years, which is the home of beer, beer, yeah, really. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, Darren's talked about you know, different flavours and, and makes of beer. I mean, they, they've been world-renowned for a long, long time. So was, and that was an interesting... Uh, part of life when I was living in Belgium but uh, I don't drink very little I drink very little these days um, I am partial to the odd uh, local beer and uh, as, as uh, we've heard you know, they are popping up all over the place and these sort of smaller sort of what they, I don't know what they call them beer, sta- beer stations beer shops and things bottle uh, shops and stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. they're a much more common sight <coughs> now around the city initially it was there was just the odd one but they seem to be on every uh, mm. in every district now around the the Liverpool the Merseyside area yeah Darren if we want to go on a on a brewery tour with you what do we do you can go to my website which is brewerybustourslivepool.com Click through to check availability because there is a live site and we run tours uh, Wednesday to Sunday from half 11 till half four and you can check the availability and book a tour there. You do need a minimum of six people so if you can grab six friends, book on and we'll come and pick you up and take you on an amazing journey. I can't wait to do it. And talking about live live, live tickets, uh, I'm actually right now in the queue. <laughs> I'm in the queue. Uh, Darren and I, we've been struggling to try to get into the Ticketmaster to get tickets for the Eurovision Song Contest, which has been held here in Liverpool in May. Um, and and uh, so sorry if I'm a little bit out of focus today, but I am monitoring my <laughs> my queue situation. I'm still on 2,000 plus. How cool is it though, David? You know, it's sad that Ukraine can't host it, obviously. Uh, but at the backdrop of that, how cool isn't it that the music city of Liverpool gets to do this huge show? Well, we, we at Liverpool have always prided ourselves on being the, the home of music in, in the UK. Um, so uh, to have this uh, opportunity to host the Eurovision, which is it's it's enormous around Europe. Uh, maybe in the UK, people have never really been that quick to really pick up on it. But I think this is a once in a lifetime event, and um, and Liverpool will be in, in you know will be an incredibly uh, exciting place in the summer while it's all being hosted. <coughs> Visitors will come in from all over the world and. Uh, as I say, it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. Liverpool are going to make the most of it, for sure. Oh, yeah. All the hotels are filling up. We're, yeah. we're filling up quickly, too, now. It's, it's, it's mad. But it's going to be exciting. Just wait. We're halfway through now, Darren, on our waiting list. We're <laughs> halfway through. So uh, you never know. We, we might even get, get in and see, see the madness yeah. for real. Um, Darren, when did you become a Liverpool fan? Um, so me, me mum and my granddad were season tickets old. My mum used to be in the boys' pen many, many years ago. 
and then it's carried on basically all the way through there. So my first game was the uh, 19, the Charity Shield, Liverpool won, Everton won, where they uh, famously shared the cup and they ran around, and that was my very first game. So I think it was that, it was at 83 or 84, was it? 83, 82? Mm, it might be, it was the period I was missing yeah, from the, right, from the okay. city, time I was elsewhere. And, uh, <laughs> Drinking Belgian beer. <laughs> Drinking yeah. Swiss and Belgian beer, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was back then, and then I used to... Um, Back in the day in the Anfield Road, it was a dad and a lad ticket. Well, my dad's a Man City fan, so my mum used to take me. So it was a mum and a boy ticket. Aww. And we used to go in for the Anfield Road for many, many years. And then, yeah, I've been going, yeah, ever since, really. And your mum, she was mixing with all the players. She was, she yeah. Was she's got a few stories. gorgeous yeah. lady who knew them all. Yeah, yeah. She's, uh, yeah, she used to... Um, Go to the she club in town with all the after parties. Uglies was more. Uglies, uglies. Sorry, uglies. Uglies was the place. Yeah, uglies. Yeah, was, uh, she's got a few stories which yeah. we won't say on on uh, on air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which Ragnall's probably heard a couple of them when my mum's been in. To be honest, yeah. Yep, I have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. So she was really close to to the team. She yeah. was a hardcore. Well, still is a yeah, hardcore. Yeah, she still fan. is. Yeah, yeah. She travels all over. Yeah, and still. Do, well, yeah. When I when I can get her there now, but it's, it's yeah, it carries on in my blood, and I'm passing it down to my kids when I can get tickets and take them myself. Yeah, yeah. So, it, what would you say is your favourite uh, game that you ever went and see and saw? Sorry. Um, one of them that stands out for me, and I think it was it was the atmosphere. Was um, there was two actually? So, the, do you remember the Genoa game four three? Mm-hmm. Many that that atmosphere at that game was unbelievable. It was amazing for me, and I, th- I don't know if it was because it was. I don't know, just the atmosphere for that game sort of stood out for me. And then obviously uh, the Olympiacos was was one of them as well. But then recent times, you've got to say Barcelona having your four nilers. So there's been quite a few. And how oh, can you forget Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Oh. How yeah. can we forget Sunday? Yeah. Let, let's let's dwell on Sunday now yeah. because I mean, personally, it was like a fifty-fifty. We had Steve McMahon in here um, before the match, um, and I said, you know, in a way, I'm not too nervous because uh, even though the the team is sometimes a bit out of form, they always perform, you know, in the big games. But then we had the Real Madrid game, which just made me be unsure how this would go and and Manchester United we have to remember is is the, the form team in Premier League they've only lost two out of the last 32 before they came to see us and Rashford is on probably you know the time of his life in terms of of playing amazingly it was Fred's 30th birthday it was it was Maguire's 30th birthday it was like written in the stars they would come here and just rob us for those crucial points and instead it was just crazy because first half, David, we were quite equal, weren't we? Could have gone both ways. I think we were slightly ahead. I yeah, thought the, the, the start was reasonably bright and it, it offered a, a little bit of optimism, I think. Um, and you could sense that the, the players were reacting to, to the occasion. And as you point out, I mean, in, in times gone by uh, recently, there has been a little doubt whether or not they, they would really show up. But uh, I think the signs were good early on. And uh, although United can make their excuses, and we've heard plenty over the last few days 
Uh, I thought Liverpool were still the better team in the first half. Okay, we submitted a little bit of time to Manchester United in the middle of the middle of the half, maybe, and, and gave them a couple of opportunities. But for the most part, it was a good first half for Liverpool, and, and it was fitting that that we actually went in at half time one goal up, and um, I think that that quelled a little a few of the nerves. Certainly, I think. I sense that some people were there was there was a, a great amount of optimism before the game talking to Liverpool supporters, but there were equally or slightly less maybe were, were, were thinking you know a bit nervously. I mean they're the, they're the one team we we don't want to lose to. Yeah, I think there was an opportunity though, wasn't there? It was Rashford, but just after about the twentieth mm-hmm. minute, and he side footed, and then they had another opportunity straight after that. And yeah, that's just sort of gone by. Where if they would have scored that. A whole different game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Margins are so small yeah. in games like that. But then second half, it was a complete United mm. collapse and we were just on fire. As, as uh, you know, kind of uh, tried to mention there, you know, United have tried to dismiss this and, and call it a freak and and uh, one thing and another. But uh, I think it's worrying when in the, the, that element is in, the, is in the team. I know we had a... A similar moment against uh, Real Madrid when we when we gave up that uh, the third goal just after half time. Teams shouldn't collapse like that. That's that's a worrying sign for. Uh, I mean, United have really been crowing a little bit about the progress they've made and that they the team that they now have, but it's still not there. We know that we're on a on a rebuild, uh, reset type of situation, but uh, United feels as if like they've. Uh, Achieved it, and I think it really showed up some of their players where you know some of the weaknesses really lie. But is it like one of those mental uh, issues where like there's a collective panic uh, because it happened to us only a, a couple of weeks ago against Real Madrid, and we are a good side. Uh, yes, a little bit of a, a weak season, but we are a good side. And now this happening to United is quite it's quite rare to have two such catastrophic <laughs> results for one side at that I, level I think it kind of indicates the lack of leadership I think we could say the same about uh, the Madrid performance uh, you know there was no driving force for ourselves in, the, in that second half it wasn't as bad as United's uh, collapse but uh, I think when things like that happen and fortunately in my professional career I was never on the end of anything like uh, that result of the weekend but but normally you, you feel or you want uh, that you've got some substance within the team players who've got character and can pull others around when when things are going a little bit against you you know and I think you owe it to not just the fans but I mean uh, to to really show you your, your, your spirit your, your metal um, in, in those situations when it's not going quite for you Somebody's really got to, pull, you know, pull the, uh, pull the troops together and and not submit in, in 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 quite the way we saw on Sunday. I was saying to my friend um, when the game started, I wish Gakpo could score today because that would, in a game like this, that could really trigger his confidence and and release that goal scoring power he he has. You know, that's why we got him because he was he was amazing um, in the team he came from. But this is a different tempo this is a different kind of game and it needs time you know to adapt but then in the meantime do you then lose your confidence or do you gain confidence and scoring in games like this Darren yeah we've seen that before you know John Anarisa 
early in his in his career with Liverpool, he scored like a cracking goal against mm. Manchester United, and that sort of sets the tone between you and the fans. You know, you loved even yeah, more. Yeah. It just it just you know it's the biggest it's the biggest game of the season, and then for him to score two, yeah, what's that going to do with him? You think? God, you had massive confidence, isn't it? You've, I think you've seen it in the last couple of games. Now he has started scoring. His confidence only has grown. We haven't been playing the best, so for a new player to come into the team when it's not playing best, you're going to lack a bit of a confidence, aren't you? But now as the team's grown with confidence, his confidence is only going to go up. So it's, yeah, could be another good marriage, couldn't it? As, as we see the rebuild of the front three. Yeah, and also with Nunez, you know, him getting two on such a massive night as well, David. Because he, he's... he's he lost a little bit of the momentum having that silly card headbutting and then having an injury and, and just sort of hasn't been on fire like from day one. I, th- I think we, we're, we're kind in a way that we allow players to, to bed in and the, the sort of, not so much excuse, but the reasons for sometimes slow starts are, you know, the adaptation to... Uh, you know, to a new country, to a new situation. Uh, it's easier to come into a winning team and a team that's playing well as well. So uh, both been, it's been difficult for both of them. And um, I don't think Nunes had the best of first halves, actually. Um, but scoring a minute or two into the second half, yeah. then you're, on, you're immediately on the up. And uh, from that point on, I mean, it was all uh, you know, it was all good from uh, from Nunes, but he's clearly a favourite, and and the fans have have uh, allowed him one or two sort of uh, you know slack moments uh, mm. in in the adoration that they uh, heap upon him, and and I think he's a player who is really going to revel in in being a fan favourite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gakpo perhaps won't be. I think he might have been thinking to himself, when are they going to acknowledge me so much? Because he had an incredible game on yeah. uh, on Sunday and yeah. showed, I mean, he came with a goal-scoring reputation. Not a lot of people probably aware of what his best position would be and now we see the best of him. But, you know, scoring against Newcastle the other week and, and obviously the, the two on Sunday... Uh, and they were quality finishes as well, the ones mm. on Sunday. So he's only going to get stronger and better. And uh, he looks a real athlete. I, I, I was able to sort of uh, yeah. see him at close quarters on Sunday. And he's a, he's a big lad. He's got a lot to offer. Yeah. And he's got he, he's so good at breaking with the ball as well. You know, he's so fast with the ball. He can just run away yeah, from everyone. Long legs, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 So that's uh, it's looking very promising for the for the new formation because we'll come to Firmino in a minute and the latest news of him, but. I was saying in the pre-match, Salah will score. I don't know if we are going to drew, um, uh, draw or if we're going to win, but Salah will score, and he did, of course. Um, and is it like that, David? We've spoken a bit about this before. You've got some some teams that are your favourite to score against, and, and it just sort of makes you score more. It's, it's weird how that actually does exist. That some players seem to have the knack of... Uh, Always scoring against, you know, Rushy had it with Everton, Origi also had it against Everton. Salah's got it against United, two great teams to, uh, or two great <laughs> rivals to, uh, to you know, be, be comfortable playing against. But uh, it is a great uh, accolade of, 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 for Salah to of, of overtaken Robbie's mark as Premier League goal scorer. Uh, a couple of, well, a year or so ago, um, we were at an event and Salah stated, you know, he wants to, to beat Rushy's uh, 
all-time uh, record marks. I mean, he's going to have to be here for a little while to overstep uh, Rushy, but uh, still that ambition exists. And um, I think games like Sunday, you know, will naturally give everybody a, a huge boost. And um, it shows the capabilities of, of this group where, uh, you know, we've had a difficult season, but uh, still the possibilities are there and everyone's... Uh, you know, all or everyone around the city. If you're if you're a big if you're a Reds fan, the confidence has, uh, has returned. Yeah, I mean, top four is is really um, for reach now. I mean, Newcastle tumbled, um, and we're only we're only how many points are we three. behind? Three behind United. Mm, three three one game. Three from Spurs. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, mm. but Newcastle and, uh, and we, Brighton, I think. Yeah. Still can't Brighton be ruled. They've got, they got three games in hand. Yeah. Newcastle have three games as well. So they're the, they're the two teams probably that you you have to be thinking. Well, can they really go? You know, st- can they stay the pace in the race? Uh, yeah. And also, do they have the um, uh, experience to to actually handle? What will be in their racking running? And yeah, I it's mean, so tight. It's so tight. Yeah. I mean, I think we're only seven points behind United also with 13 games to play. It's, the, you know, it's possible. I think the big week is the, uh, the 1st of April to the 9th of April. Them three big games. Mm. It's, uh, it's City, awesome. Arsenal and uh, Chelsea, is it? Mm. Get the three That's, of them in a week. It's some week, that. Yeah, yeah. And then Real Madrid before it as well. So, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it could be a defining moment, couldn't it, in the season with them three games. Yeah. The one thing I think now that... Uh, I mean, there's no reason to be resting your better players now, or you know, if, if yeah. there is a, a first choice eleven, then now uh, these are the times as a footballer you want to really be involved yeah, in, the, yeah. in the big yeah. games. So there's no excuses. You know, we get Real Madrid out the way next week. Who's to say we don't overturn the uh, mm. the, the the three goal deficit? Could, could it be done? It, it can be done. Obviously, we, we we've shown in 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 the past that these things are are. Uh, are in our sort of uh, yeah. ability. Um, it will, it will be, it will be something special if, if they are to do it. But uh, for the most part, getting into the Champions League for next season must be uh, a huge sort of. Uh, I think Madrid don't must look at that result and see what we've done to United yeah. at the most in one of the in four teams and go wow take a look at it and think, yeah, they can do it. There's no other team on the planet that couldn't do it. It's Liverpool, isn't it? Exactly. And and to be fair, guys, uh, Manchester United right now is a much better team than Real Madrid right Mm. now. Uh, Well, I don't know. I mean, I have to (laughs) say that's contentious. I think uh, with with people like like Modric and uh, Benzema, uh, you you have to think that Real Madrid are a quality team. Uh, but if we're going to over overtake or you know get get a three goal win, four goal uh, might be ne- will probably be necessary. Uh, uh, no, if it, if it's not at Anfield, then the, the Bernabeu isn't a bad yeah, uh, <laughs> option. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's not a bad party. A, yeah. Talking about parties, the Eurovision Song Contest, the final has been sold out. But I'm still in the queue for for everything, everything else. Sorry, Darren, we will have to go to the semi final. I think, but never mind. Uh, as long as Liverpool make the, the final in Istanbul, we're okay. Or at least qualify for next yeah. year. Um, um, we also had the news over the last few days that Firmino is leaving. And he's such a favourite in this club. I mean, he's won everything for us. The league, Champions League, the, the, the World uh, Championship, the League Cup, the FA Cup. Yeah, everything there is to win, he's won. 
for us. What do you think that he's leaving? Is it a time for everything? Um, I think it is the time yeah. to move on. I think um, the level we want to be at, um, you know, I think uh, players have got to be really at the top of their game. I think, with all due respect to Firmino, I think we've seen the best of him. We've had the best of him. Mm. I think two years ago, he was, you know, he was outstanding. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I think his level has dropped a little bit. I, think, I still actually feel that there's a place for him in the team as a as that link at times. If you know the the, the right sort of um, opponent is is we're up, you know, we find ourselves against. I think uh, Firmino has something to offer, but I do think that maybe age is sort of catching up with him a little bit. And uh, and as I say, uh, the level that we want to be at, uh, and that is the top level of Europe. I think uh, yeah. now is as good a time as any. I think he probably thinks as well, if with the strikers in front of him, he'd probably be fifth choice anyway, wouldn't he, when they're all fit? So it's probably his time for him to go, and he'll probably go to Italy or back to Germany, won't he, and get a, a long three-year finishing contract somewhere? Yeah, I think the Italian game would suit Firmino mm. more. I think the time that you get in, in sort of those midfield, mm. sort of deep positions, I think it is more suited to his game. It's a bit intense here in the, uh, in the Premier League. Uh, but he's been a huge favourite and uh, it was very fitting, as uh, you mentioned, Ragnall, the, you know, the announcement coming, so uh, this game coming on the back of yeah. sort of announcement that he should finish it off and, uh, and what a way to be, you know, to, to be linked to uh, yeah. scoring a seven goal against uh, Manchester United. I think it was probably the biggest cheer of the night as well, wasn't it, when oh, he went yeah. in? yeah. yeah. Seven, it, very, it seemed to be very fitting. I mean, he hasn't yeah. scored many goals in Anfield for, for a while. But uh, you think back to Firmino, I've seen some wonderful things from Firmino. Uh, I was always a, a Firmino fan for years until Mane began to take over a little bit. But um, yeah, time is, time, is, uh, time is right, I think, for him. Yeah. I, I can still remember that turn. I think it was against Villarreal, which I think was world-class and... Uh, you know, the memories that you have of, of Firmino, I think, uh, for yeah. me, that'll always be one. Yeah. The no-look goals, you know, yeah, you, you can't beat them. Yeah, they were yeah. hilarious. So yeah. so cocky in a wonderful way. Yeah, and his good. big smile, you know, he really introduced some white teeth in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the, yeah. on the football pitch. Even a song, though, <laughs> Song on the Cop, it's a brilliant song yeah. as well, isn't it? It is amazing. Yeah. And we're now 537 in the queue. We are coming, we're coming up to, to uh, something here, Darren. This is exciting. So um, we'll wrap this up before we are buying Eurovision Song Contest tickets here um, by looking a little bit ahead. Um, what do you think will happen in, in uh, Spain? Can we do it? We've mentioned a little bit, but can we do it? What, what do we think the score will be? Well, you can never you can never say it's not possible. It will be difficult. Uh, Ancelotti is a wily old uh, character, and um, now I mean, if anything, that seven 0 win will have put Real Madrid on their toes. And uh, whereas maybe they were expecting a little bit of an easy second game, now they're going they're going to be fully prepared. I think so. Uh, it, it's a tricky one. At one point, I was thinking of going to Madrid. Uh, changed our minds a little bit and, and initially after the Madrid results the first game we thought well you know that's the uh, that's are over and done with but uh, I think our faith has been restored again yeah yeah definitely yeah I think it depends what Liverpool turn up as well isn't it really because if if Fabinho carry on, carries on playing the way he has done against Madrid yeah we could easily do it well not say easily do it but we could do it like yeah 
Yeah. I think I think in a game in games like this, and it was like the Barcelona game, maybe the times that you get the goals are, are crucial. If you mm. get one goal in the, and this is where maybe we were we were a little bit sort of we showed a lack of thought. Uh, being two 0 up against Real Madrid, you think okay, let's settle for that for the moment, and we'll, we'll score in the second in the second half. Uh, and if you take a one goal lead to Madrid, which could have been. Uh, on even even after they uh, pull the two back, um, I think it's how you manage it and and, and uh, you play the game in stages. And if you get a if, if you were to get a reasonably uh, early goal in over in Madrid, all things are, uh, are possible. And then it becomes becomes two, and it doesn't sound quite as difficult yeah. as maybe it might do at this moment. Anything is possible when it comes to Liverpool, is, yeah. and that's why it's so wonderful yeah, to be yeah. a Liverpool Football it's Club is, yeah. fan. Oh, I have to mention before before the oh I'm on 139 in the queue now. This is really exciting stuff. I think oh, 56. I have to wrap this up, but I just want to mention quickly at the end that we had an amazing Live Girls International campaign last week, and what a warm up to what a game with a hundred girls. Um, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Sorry, I have. Oh, we're in. Uh, so thank you for this. <laughs> well, we will just pause this and we'll end this. Hang on just a sec. So a little bit of drama there with uh, <laughs> trying to get Eurovision Song Contest tickets. No luck. Well, I was in, but I didn't get any tickets. But you never know. Miracles can happen both in <laughs> against Real Madrid and in the Eurovision Song Contest uh, ticket world. Uh, any spares, let me know, guys. Uh, <laughs> so before we meet Real Madrid, we are going to face Bournemouth on uh, Saturday. Um, early kickoff again. Jürgen hates them. How, how will we do? Um, you know, let's say all fixtures are tricky, um, and as you as you point out, it's it's a morning kickoff, and sometimes you hope the players sort of wake up sort of soon enough to uh, to be ready. But the same on both sides. Uh, tricky little place to go from from time to time. Our, I think our most our recent our most recent exploits we've done quite well down there for the most part, but. Um, you know, in a, in a quirky little stadium like Bournemouth, you, you've got to really be up for it and ready for it. And they, they proved they could be tricky because they went to uh, the Emirates the other day and, and gave Arsenal a little bit of a scare. So uh, I think the mood that Liverpool are in, on the back of uh, what, we, what we experienced on Sunday, uh, I'll take any type of win. And I think Liverpool are fully capable of taking the three points. And we need them, Darren. Yeah, hundred percent. Just to keep on top of the uh, the top four, doesn't it, and keep going for them. But I think we've we've more or less got a full squad fit now as well. So it's good to keep the rotational players going as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Can you try to describe the energy level when you come out of a seven nil win against Manchester United and you wake up? Uh, it's e- it, it's easier to wake up at seven in the morning on the Monday after that, isn't it? Well, the hangover I did, I don't know about that. Like, I've gone as those rough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what a game. Me and my mates had a, a, a good de- debate about it, which, what do you think's the better results of the United? That the hammer at United at Old Trafford, or that 7-0 uh, which one? Which which one would you go for? Well, I think the one last year at, at Old Trafford, 5-0, I felt it, uh, I mean, there was about 20 minutes to go when we were 5-0 up, off, and it yeah. should have been 8 or something, and... Uh, I mean that would have been uh, you know something really really to remember, mm. but uh, by um, 
you know, uh, you know, putting the results against each other. I think I'd, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the seven. Yeah, seven is did, yeah. seven is an extraordinary yeah. I think uh, number. Where United are supposedly are as well, and the benchmark that they're mm. on, and now prove they are. I'd go for the seven as I, well. I think before yeah. the before the game, Graham's nest was uh, was very upbeat and, and felt we were going to win. And, and what was going around where I was before the game was Neville and Keane were were laughing at Graham, sort of yeah. with this. Uh, Massive confidence he had, and um, uh, to see them, uh, to see it all, you know, change over the over the course of the day was, uh, I, I found uh, really entertaining. Yeah, I was live on Norwegian radio on Friday morning, and I, I was like really, really, really cocky, saying like we will absolutely hammer them. And when I went off air, I said, why, why do I say such stupid things? Because <laughs> you know it's going to come back and haunt me now. Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah, I could just send send a little message to the whole thing. What did I tell you? Yeah, there's <laughs> one of Rio Ferdinand. Have you seen the Rio Ferdinand yeah. one? Yeah. Oh my God, he goes to town, doesn't he? God, it's yeah. scary to predict too yeah, many things yeah. too clearly. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So um, I just want to end this little podcast by sharing a little bit about uh, Saturday. It was amazing when the yearly Live Girls International um, happened at Anfield. It's so moving, guys. It's so much good energy and joy in that room when, when all these ladies from all over the world take over Anfield. Eight different nationalities this year. And then almost half the room locals, which is also really lovely. So we did, um, we got a lot of uh, tables sponsored so we could invite uh, ladies from um, the community and also moms from Milstead School. And we fundraised almost £800 for their playground within that little group of 100 women. I thought that was great too. Um, On the raffle and um, it's just all that gratitude and all the friendships being uh, built on on the day and, and the speakers were amazing and and we had a DJ, she's only 15, local DJ. She rocked the place. And then, of course, Kieran was amazing singing for the girls and the, and the girls um, sang, sang with him. So that was um, some, some day, I have to say. So I'm looking forward to next year. So all girls listening to this, as soon as the fixture list is out, you have to join, if you're not already there, Live Girls International on Facebook or Instagram and see when we set the next, the next one. But it's going to be the closest home game to the International Women's Day, which is coming up very soon. So with that, I'm just going to count to seven again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyone want to join me? Gapko, I can't say it. Um, but it's uh, Gapko. Gap, it just doesn't make sense in my mouth. <laughs> Why can't I say it? It's, uh, it's not, it doesn't roll off many people's yeah. uh, tongue, I don't think, Gapko. Yeah. But uh, Gap. I don't know where it comes from. Gakpo. 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 Nunes. Gakpo. Sala. Nunes. Sala. Bobby. That's seven in Scouse. Thanks for listening, guys. We're back next week, we hope. Take care. Bye-bye.